everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'm Molly Herford, author of four books on cycling, soon to be five, yay! Uh, writer about all things fitness-related, lover of all things fitness-related, and co-host of this lovely podcast. And I'm Peter Glassford. And I'm here, the co-host of Molly Herford, <laughs> the bag carrier occasionally of Molly Herford. He carries them very well. He's very strong. I'm also a registered kinesiologist and professional cycling coach, and occasionally I race my bike, although it's been a while. Uh, that'll be happening again here in April at some point. But um, Oh, but this time you didn't say you're bad at it or moderate at it. You just said you did it. Occasional. Uh-huh. So I'm like a part-time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, we actually just both signed. We're doing a lot of races together this season. We're doing Paris to Ancaster, one of our favorite uh, gravel grinder type races in Ontario. Uh, in a couple weeks here, and then of course we're doing Ironman together. So both on a tandem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So look for the couple yelling at each other on a tandem. That would be us. That I mean, we're like... yelling our communication. No, and... no, we're not. That's right, like... left, right. I want a divorce. <laughs> you know the usual. Anyway, it's Friday night. We we might have gotten into the wine a little bit before we hit record here. No. Um, this now. is the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Yes, and we're consummately drinking wine. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're about to leave California, which is very sad. Uh, in less than 48 hours, I'll be driving back east, and Peter will be meeting me halfway, um, which is very nerve-wracking. For, I like I to think, think of it as one-third, but... Eh, something like that. Um, we're meeting in Denver. Yeah, it's 17 hours, 25 hours. All right, fine. You can have a third. Um, anyway, we were lucky enough, though, while we were still in Southern California, that I got the chance to sit down. Sadly, Peter couldn't make it, but I got the chance to go sit down with Phil Gaiman, who is our guest this week. I am so excited about this one. Um, Phil is a retired now, although he keeps saying it's the worst retirement ever, pro cyclist. He's one of the few Americans to make it to the pro tour level. He's the author of a couple books. One of them is just coming out. The other one is Pro Cycling on $10 a Day, which is a really great read. Uh, he's a, uh, I guess you could call him a serial entrepreneur in the cycling world. Yeah, quite an interesting guy. And you guys get into talking about how he makes that happen while racing on pro tour or racing at a high level domestically. How do you run businesses, clothing businesses, and different businesses along the way, including a, a fondo based around his cookie love? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually really sad I didn't get to go to the place he recommended earlier that day. Um, we get into why I didn't do that. He sort of almost kicks me out. The interview almost doesn't happen, but we... Well, you insulted L.A. I insult LA a lot at the beginning, but then I explain why I was late, and it, you'll, it was like rap battles. This was like you'll, East, East you'll hear in a minute. Uh, anyway, Phil's an awesome dude. He has a rad podcast as well, uh, Real Talent with Phil Gaiman. I highly recommend everybody look it up. He's just a really cool guy. I'm really glad that uh, this t- this time in SoCal we got to spend a bit of time with him and get to know him a little bit better. I've We've said we, we've known each other on the internet for a while, so it was cool to sit down in real life and actually record a podcast. Well, and he's good friends with Jeremy Powers, who, mm-hmm. so you sort of mutual friends. 
Yeah, we talk about that too. Our mutual friend Jeremy Powers. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we if we say anything that I'm like, oh crap, Jeremy's gonna listen to this, but I don't think I do. I think we we were both universally flattering about our dear friend Jeremy, who we love very much. Well, this can be like a test. If Jeremy hears this, then he can be on the on the on a future <laughs> episode. But if he doesn't hear it, then we'll just never bring it up. That's not true. We're gonna have Jeremy on as well at some point. If he passes the test, maybe if he passes the test, we'll yeah. see. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this episode with Phil. It's one of my favorites. I mean, I realize I say that about pretty much everybody we interview. I think pretty much any phone call you ever have, you say it's, they're so nice and it was your favorite. It's true. But I mean, that's a really good problem to have when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, And speaking of which, we have a bunch of other really great episodes coming up too and phone calls and interviews that I'm so stoked on. So anyway, listen to this one. It's great. Feels great, and we had a fabulous time. Health IQ is a life insurance company that promotes a health conscious lifestyle through financial rewards. They've used science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people just like you, including those who exercise four times a week through cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, whatever consummate athlete lifestyle you're, you're undertaking. Research has shown that people who are highly active through exercise have a 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Many people who exercise regularly don't realize that they can get a special rate with Health IQ if they qualify through the Health IQ quiz. Health IQ has special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health conscious people, so you can qualify by scoring elite on quizzes for specific lifestyles. Essentially replacing BMI with waist-to-hip ratio for better predictors of cardiovascular disease when it comes to weightlifters and muscular builds. That's great for me. They also have replaced the LDL-HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for low-carb and paleo dieters, which is a better predictor of cholesterol health, and they don't take into account one incidence of family history if you're otherwise healthy. So... Go over to healthiq.com slash capod. All lowercase. And take that quiz. Um, They have a bunch of different quizzes on the website, and the website's pretty well designed, so it's worth heading over there, checking it out, and again, using that link, healthiq.com slash capod. Here with Phil Gaiman, sitting in his apartment. Mm-hmm. It's pretty sweet, except for the two hours of traffic it takes to get here. That's again. That's why we do not leave Toluca Lake. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I hate LA. It's. <laughs> I understand. No, LA sucks. Toluca <laughs> Lake is a wonderful island, of of nobody bothers you, and you can park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I actually got upset because I parked like a third of a mile away because I saw a spot. And I was like, yeah. Oh no, shit. this isn't like... the city. There's there's the city, and then like people in the city are like, "Ew, you live in the valley. I live in the valley." And I like it here. And you people in the city can go valet at Ralph's all day. Right. And I'll walk to Trader Joe's and life is wonderful here. And if someone like wants me to visit them in Santa Monica, it's the most horrifying thought. <laughs> and and I can't. I'll ride there. I'll ride. It's such a, it's like, it's soul sucking if you live in the city and you do it wrong. Yeah, I can imagine. So do you drive places or do you just ride mostly out here? If I, like, if I have a meeting or something in the city that... That they know I'm a cyclist and they're not going to be like offended, which is everyone. <laughs> I'll <laughs> just ride true, there. Yeah. Like I'll just plan my recovery day. It will be like the day that I have a work meeting or a lunch meeting or whatever, mm-hmm. and I show up there in a kit. Um, like even when I was racing, I'd like 
I'd go train in the hills, like Hollywood Hills. There's a lot of good riding. There's, there's like, it's, it's sneaky. There's all these little canyons that, that nobody drives on because mm-hmm. it's ridiculously tight, narrow roads. And play around in there and then coast down into, like, Beverly Hills and have lunch. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a nice little, nice okay. little world. Have you figured out any, like, baller, like, racer to commuter tips where, like, you, you pack, like, a silk t-shirt in your back pocket <laughs> and, like... No, I, I just... The thing is, if you're fit enough, you just don't get super sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I can just... I can ride three hours around the city and it's not actually exhausting. Yeah. Uh, yet. I'm, I'm sure I'll get there. Slowly, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll lose that fitness and I'll get... I'll be gross and someone will say something and I'll have to make an adjustment. <laughs> the, uh, the saddle sore expert in me is just like, oh, and then you're sitting in a kit while you eat? No. Yeah, I do. Chamois cream, I got, <laughs> I got good... I, I do have, like, lots of good stuff. I have good clothes. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I've offended someone and they've been polite about it, but so far so good. I think you're all right. I've gotten coffee with you and it was fine. You didn't smell right? bad. Do I smell so... now? Because I haven't showered. I've been chasing it all day. <laughs> you're golden. I also actually ran in Santa Monica and came here, so there you go. We might just equally yeah. smell. It's not too hot today fine. either. It'll it'll get in the summer. It's different, but yeah. That's okay. We went camping in Ojai the other night and it got down to 25. Ooh, yeah, it's high up, right? Yeah, yeah. I was freezing, and then. By like nine AM it was like eighty degrees and I was sweating. Mm-hmm. I was so angry. <laughs> yeah, no, I was in I was in Big Bear last week and same thing. I was like so I, I was it was really hard to get to my car. <laughs> like I was really running out. I was like, no, I can't do this. Don't wanna do it. We're actually heading up to, to heading up towards that area tonight. Oh yeah, Lake Gregory. Yeah. Cause uh Fontana Benelli weekends. Okay. Why so. are you saying Lake Gregory? That's like a weird I like forget that exists. It's like one of the rides I do from Big Bear when I have a weird day. It's basically because it's a cheap area to find big houses that you can rent for like nine days, and we have a few juniors that Peter's coaching. Okay. Through the project, so it's easiest and cheapest to go up there, not a million dollars. Okay. Also, not staying in Fontana. It's not too high up. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like halfway up, so. Yeah, Big Bear's an extra like half hour drive. Yeah, so it'll be I'm fine. Sure, it's nice. Yeah, there's a little park there. I've yeah, had exactly. Coffee in Lake Gregory. Yeah. Hot Shots Coffee House. Okay. You've been up there. I they have. They make actually... a mac and cheese and bacon sandwich. Yeah. All right. Just gonna leave that there. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I think it's Hot Shots with a Z. I think you're right. I remember yeah. looking it up last year because we stayed um, a little bit further up in like Rim Forest or something. Yeah, it's like the Sky Forest and then there's Rim of the World. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff up there. Yeah. And then that's in, Hot Shots is in Blue Jay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, oh, the... I know my altitude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The area we stayed last year was like a little weird. Like. Oh, Yeah. Big Bear has that too. Big Bear has the like tourist side, and then there's the like local side that's like Confederate flags. Yeah, and, and we were in the off season, yeah. so like I was trying to find coffee or something in Big Bear, and we mm. drove there, and I think I like had a massage or something too, and I did that, and we like tried to find a place to like get coffee and yeah. hang out, and we were just like, no. Yeah, you we, gotta know it. We can't stay here. The best <laughs> coffee in Big Bear is the guy who owns a Big Bear coffee shop. He makes it in his living room. He has this crazy whole process. He won't sell it for you. Like, if, if you know him, he'll invite you over and make you coffee. Oh, okay. Um, like, Derek will hook you up. But, uh, yeah, the other, the other coffee. There's, a, there's like, two espresso machines in that town. You have to know where they yeah. are. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's the weirdest place. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Sorry. Let's, let's, <laughs> this <laughs> is was, important. That was on me. This is very important. Actually, what I do love about you is like every time I say I'm going to a place, you instantly have like the cyclist <laughs> yelp just like rolls right out. Like, go talk to this guy and get yeah, this. Yeah, you, you were in Santa Monica and did you go to M Street? You so didn't. I didn't. Our, okay. I was going to, but then my just leave. run. And just leave. I know. You're not welcome. I know. Here. I know. And I didn't get pizza. I, M Street Kitchen. Well, it's the same place. It's like M Street and then Stella Bar. So like, I end up. I don't know if it's if it's me finding the cyclist or the cyclist finding me, but but there happens to be like the the guy who makes cookies for my fondo is Jeff Chef Jeff Mahan, and he he owns his restaurants there, and we kind of found each other. Like he's a cyclist who makes cookies, and I'm a cyclist who likes cookies, and it's a shame we're not gay. Um, we Sorry just about that. I know it's a bummer. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, yeah, people, I send people to this restaurant as much as I can. I really wanted to, but after I, so I'm gonna just go. I, I did my run, and then I actually got a facial. Like, do I not look oh, glowing? Oh, that's and, pretty like, LA. Okay. I know. I yeah, was yeah. like, this is my last day in LA. <laughs> like, I need to do something super LA. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, next, so. you rent like a, you can rent a poodle and walk down Rodeo Ooh, Drive. Yeah, but this was like an organic facial. That's that's like, more Santa Monica. It yeah. was so okay. Santa Monica. Okay. No, that's yeah. fine. That's fine. <laughs> I feel pretty fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, you're from Georgia, but now you live out here. Correct. Um, give us like the brief bio for people who listen, because we Ooh. do have. So we have non-cyclists that listen to this podcast. There are people who don't ride bikes I know. on this planet? I know. We actually started the podcast because we wanted to not just talk to cyclists. So we yeah. happen to have like NFL guys and NASCAR guys mm-hmm. and like, you know, swimmers and all different people come on and that's been sweet. But obviously we kind of tend to trend back towards right. cycling. I have that problem too. I, with my podcast, the same thing. I was like, I want to interview people outside of cycling. And I had like, I interviewed a friend who like was like he made some money in tech he used to be a cyclist to sort of transition out and then i interviewed a guy who plays guitar with bad religion and then you Wait, look at the downloads Dimkich, yeah i love him i interviewed he's a, he's him for bicycling oh he's yeah, that's so right. cool yeah that's right um yeah no he's a good buddy now but he uh well then, then you look at the downloads and it's just like the people who know my stuff would rather listen to a cyclist than a guitarist and it's annoying because Dimkich is so much cooler than anybody else i've interviewed I know. like <laughs> but uh Oh. oh my gosh. When I got assigned that interview, I like called all of my like punk friends from high mm-hmm. school and I was like, guys, guess who I'm talking to? Right. He, he trains in my cookie socks, man. That's, that's so why, cool. Yeah, we traded. I have some cult socks. Anyway, um, brief bio. It's hard because I've written a book about my yeah. bio, but whatever. Uh, I grew up in Georgia, got into bike racing. I was, I was a chubby kid and then I got into like riding bikes for fun, lost some weight. Uh, went to college. Did you also like grow a foot at some point that like yeah helped that you? helped that helped. But I, I I'm I weigh so at my peak I was probably like five eight one hundred eighty and then I got to like six one hundred fifty. Um, I was never like enormous. Yeah, I was I was exactly like they I was exactly obese like I was thirty one percent body mm-hmm. fat and you could go in either direction and I went back and uh, thanks to bikes and. Uh, I, I probably starved myself at some point. I was in high school. I don't remember. Yeah. And then uh, I went to college, and the only thing I knew was that I liked riding bikes. So I joined like a cycling club, got into racing, and uh, and did nothing else for the next ten years. <laughs> so no other sports at any point. I mean, like youth soccer is like upper middle class mandate in Atlanta. Yeah, that's uh, true. But I was the chubby goalie. So, <laughs> so no. Sitting in like the goal with like the snacks in your pocket style. No, I have to do that. But 
I played basketball too. I did play basketball until all the kids got taller than me. I was tall in like fourth grade and YMCA, but I was never like an athlete until I just started riding bikes. Yeah. I wasn't good at anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. What about bikes was it? Was it just that you loved it or was it that you were naturally good at it or a combination of both? Well, I liked, I liked riding. Um, it's like, I would say like bike, like riding a bike is the perfect speed to like, you can cover a lot of ground. But you can also experience what you're doing. So, like, if you go on a road trip, you're missing stuff. Mm-hmm. If you if you ride your bike on whatever that same road, you're gonna stop. You're gonna see some stuff. You're gonna like you can absorb the surroundings. But you can also like do a few hundred miles yeah. in, in a few days. Um, so I think I fell in love with it from that, and then just from a transportation standpoint, like I could ride around the city and mess around with my friends. Um, so I did a lot of that, and then racing was sort of. Like, I just joined the club. I like the community, I guess. That kind of came next of just at University of Florida. I had a big cycling scene then. Um, probably like 60 people in the club, which was pretty fun. And then uh, and then I started racing. And I don't think... I hadn't really been... Tra- like, I'd been riding a lot. I hadn't really been training. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But my I won my first Cat 5 race. So it was kind of like all of those things combined. And I also happened to... Be, it was the first thing I was ever good at without trying too hard or without right. it felt like it was trying. Um so, so yeah, I just, I kind of just kept going with that. Okay. What did you study in college? Um, English and journalism. Me too. Yeah. Double major. Yay. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's actually true. We both have podcasts. We both have books. Mm-hmm. Both have. You don't have a lot. If you, if you don't have to hustle, like there's nothing. Yeah. Or just do something different completely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so actually that's sort of the next thing we really were super interested in is you've you know, had the book, you have like all of these different like little side projects going on. When you were, when you were a pro, when you were racing and that was what you were doing, did you feel like you were missing out on getting to do those projects or were you actually working on a lot of I was doing all that. I was doing all that. When I, when I started, um, I mean, it was a lot of just like desperation, hustling to like feed yourself. Yeah, that helps, you know? And, or just do something that like didn't seem, because like for so long cycling seemed like this, this total, like I couldn't stop, but it was also most likely going to be a dead end Yeah. of just like, there's no way this is going to work out. So like, I better do something with this degree. I better not let that whole thing be to waste. Um, so like when, when I first got on a pro team, I got on Jelly Belly, um, I did a blog for Bicycling Magazine and then... I would have them do, <laughs> actually, no, it started, I think it started before, I would, I would ask for, uh, like, when I was on Fuer de Fruta, I was, like, riding around the country just as an amateur, I would write reviews for them, and I'd be like, okay, I, you know, send me 10 floor pumps, and I'll write a paragraph on each one somehow, like, this one puts air in the tire, and then, <laughs> and then, like, and I would somehow, like, do two sentences on each one, and then I would sell them on eBay, and then I could eat. And I would do that yeah. for like different, I mean, if I needed like a bike box or something, I didn't, like I couldn't afford a, to buy a bike box. I'd be like, can I review a bike box? And they'd send me something. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember exactly the one they sent me. It's a Dekine. It was very nice. It really helped. Um, so I just did Positive that. Positive review. Right exactly. There. I did that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, it's free. I loved it. Best um, thing ever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so that, that was a big part of it. And I think like the blogging, I always kind of liked telling stories and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just sort of turned into like two parts of my cycling career of one of just expressing what I was doing or, or somehow like writing about it and then the actual doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now, Peter and I talk about this because he coached and he still races some pro stuff, but like mm-hmm. 
mostly he now coaches with like a side of mountain bike racing. And he wonders sometimes like what it would have been like if he hadn't like been going on the coaching as like the side business when he was racing. Do you ever think like, should you have like not done this stuff or would you have lost your sanity if you hadn't done the side stuff? I thought about that a lot. Um, the thing that took more of my time, like, was I had a clothing business for a long time too, and I was. You've had so many businesses. I love it. It was a long, yeah, it was a long decade. Um, the, I think a, I wouldn't have been able. I would have had to quit if I couldn't support myself somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, like the clothing business, eventually, like, I, I managed to like buy a house right. from that. That wasn't from Kenda Pro Cycling money. Um, that was from like having a bunch of clubs and a bunch of weird stuff people bought on the internet. Um, and once, once I was able to like get, once I was able to afford a house and pay my own bills, that was like when I I had that little stability, I had, I I could like rest somewhat. Mm -hmm. And that was when I won Redlands. Like it took, it, it took like, I had to sort of earn that point and that happened at, I was 26, 27. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it frees up a lot of, like, mental and emotional energy when you realize... Yeah, you're... so, like, if someone, had, if someone had given me a trust fund or whatever, sure. or, or, like, a nice paycheck to race my bike, when, you know, it's it just that that wasn't the climate then, and I didn't... I Like, I got lucky in some ways. I got luckier than a lot of guys, but I didn't get lucky in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't... I didn't have a choice, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So what led to writing the first book... Um, that was, I think, so I'd, I'd been writing blogs for, for a million years, I guess from, from 2008 through, uh, that was 2014. No, wait, were um, you one of the teenagers that like had a live journal no, or No, I, like I started that? writing the blog like for Bicycling Magazine okay. to, about, about cycling. When I got on Jelly Belly, that was like just a weekly thing. Um, just, and that was just kind of to, to pay the bills again, but it was also, it was fun. It was like a fun outlet. Right. Um, it didn't take too much time. It was never like stressful. I got to get a blog in, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also, it's cathartic. I think like, I mean like, uh, psychologists tell you to journal. Mm -hmm. So I got paid for it. (laughs) It was great. It's Um, funny because now you can kind of, I, I would, maybe you're the same way. You can sort of tell when you read other athletes' blogs who do stress out about writing it or do phone it in yeah. or do have trouble with You can with tell it. the ones who, like, are hitting a thesaurus or, like, describing, like, oh my the sky or the... It's just like, <laughs> you, you know, like, you don't... This is... Congratulations, you don't need this. Yep. <laughs> like, this, for some reason, like, this is forced upon me. I have no choice. But, like, if you're... Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, no, I know exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, at some point I kind of just realized, like... I, I, like as I was writing all the blogs, I just paste them because otherwise they just get lost on the internet. So I just put mm-hmm. it into a word document, and when I opened it, it was like one hundred forty thousand words, and I was like, oh, I could like cut a bunch of bullshit out of there, and it's a book, and that was kind of what I did with the first book. Like, okay, that was that was my first lap was just a collection of the blogs, and then I filled in the holes. Oh my god, you're so much smarter than me. I've been writing <laughs> for a decade, and I've never like saved any any yeah. of it anywhere. Maybe somebody probably told me to do that. Whoever it was is a genius. Yeah. If that was like a professor, that that was like the best no, advice you could have ever gotten. They didn't tell me anything useful. So with the English and journalism degree, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like I was writing, doing like, yeah, blogs, articles, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, like I wasn't going to be a writer until I had a book. <laughs> Did that ever? I still don't even think of myself as a writer. I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, the the like having a book definitely like it like when you see your book at the bookstore, it's it's super yeah. It's, it's the it's, best feeling. It's dumb how like validating that is. I know. And just like it's it's like it's an exclusive club and it feels good and it's like something else that you can kind of have. Like I have like all those years of of racing whatever, like it all felt it all felt very selfish. And then like like I'm doing it for me. I'm trying to get my results, I'm trying to get my contract, my wins, whatever. Mm-hmm. And here's like, okay, this is like people can can learn from this or laugh at this or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I was I was surprised at how satisfying the book was. Yeah. And like when I finished it, I was like, I'm never writing one of these again. <laughs> and then you get the emails from people, and it's like, oh, I have to write another one. Of these. I guess I'm gonna write another yeah, one. Yeah, this is this speaks to me. It's a never ending thing, I think. Um, pro cycling on ten dollars a day. Where did you come up with the name? Um, I was just I forget exactly. I mean, I was it was like obviously it's a spoof on the old like travel, you know, uh, Italy on five dollars a day yeah. thing. Um, and I think like that was sort of how I felt about, about cycling. It's just like, I was kind of just dancing through this world and trying to figure it out on and, and doing whatever I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I just, it occurred to me and it was apt. Yeah. Um, there's not much of a story behind it. Yeah. No, I like it. I do admit when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be like a, like cheesy, like an actual guy. Right. I think a lot of people thought that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, which I still think honestly, you could take that book and like make more of like a handbook. Yeah, like I think handbooks probably sell better too, but I'm not, I don't know, like that wasn't, and then I have like the Ask a Pro book, which sort of, that, that kind of checks that box. Yeah. I don't know, like. And that's the newest one that's like just now out. That one comes out, well, by the time this comes up, that'll be out, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like looking at the, the pile of them now, so yeah. That's the pile of envelopes in my living room yeah. at the moment. So what's that one about? Um. Well, that one, so I did, I did this collection, I did this column for Velo News. That was like my first um, like regularly paid writing gig was the Ask a Pro column for Velo News. And uh, and that was one of those things like I, I realized I was done. Well, for one thing, you, you write a column for eight years. I was writing like a monthly column. And and like same thing, I would just save it into a Word document. Eventually there's a lot of words. But a lot of like people, people would ask me questions that like I answered in 2010. Mm-hmm. And so obviously like they didn't read that one, but I don't want to answer it again. Like, oh, so the word weird... document comes up again. <laughs> so it would just be like, at some point I sort of felt, okay, people, there's, there's questions that people have that, that, that can exist. And then, uh, and when I'm retiring, like I'm not going to answer anybody's questions anymore. And, uh, so it seemed like a graceful way to like end the column and kind of like have something for that. Like the book, like the magazines, they're not, they're not permanent. A book sort of feels a little more permanent. Like Absolutely. You're um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to have racks and racks of fellow news that right. you can then, like... Yeah, there's people that I do. I think that one was in 2011. Maybe it was, like, August. Yeah. I remember it was hot when I read it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even know when, when I answered questions, but... Um, but mostly, like, I think it was it was sort of a fun... Uh, it, it was, like, a lot of little funny stories and, and jokes, and they're, like, half of them aren't actually useful mm-hmm. questions or answers, but... Uh, but it's it's there. People like the columns, so now it can kind of live on. Okay. Hey, one of my favorite columns ever is bicycling magazine. Used to have like style guy or something. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah, it was I remember so that guy. not serious, but yeah. like those were the best ones. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's it's like everybody has the little thing that they like gravitate to in Velo News. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I feel like like they should put a collection of Dan Worry's column too. Um, yeah. Like same thing. All that stuff is kind of evergreen. And yeah, he's got great stuff. Yeah. 
Um, all right, so we were thinking about this with all of those side projects, and I want to come back because you still have a couple other ones like your Fondo, but it seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of, I mean, our friends, like, like Mr. Jeremy Powers, also have these, like, side projects going on. Do you think, like, you gravitate towards those people, or? I think I learned it from, I probably learned part of it from Jeremy, just, like, sort of seeing, like, when you're, when you're training, when you're a full-time pro, like, you're riding 25 hours a week and like, I don't know what else you do with your time. Like you can only foam roll so many There's hours There's a lot a week. of other hours. Yeah. And it's kind of like if, if you sort of have like an engine of, I don't know, it was, it was like fun starting a business. It, there was times it was work, but it was also like, there was a box in my brain that felt like, and again, like the hopelessness of bike racing of just, okay, at least I'm doing something with my life. I have mm-hmm. a business. Um, or like I'd have, I remember I'd, I remember I had like, well, one of many bad races, but I had a really bad race at Cascade one year. And I like would get on the computer at the host house and like, well, I made a sale today. I just signed on a new club. That's yeah. $5,000. I, you know, like my, something is working in my life and it's not this other thing, <laughs> but, but here, Kept so you, you kind of like focus on, you could pick one, whichever one is working well that week and it's not in your control. I like that. You didn't fall into a pit of despair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other, the other part of it is kind of like when and, and Jeremy did well with this and, and like I, I probably learned it from or noticed it from Ted King of like when when you're a pro and I think a lot of a lot of people like don't realize this they're they're chasing the the result you know they're they're chasing the you know well if I got ninth and you got tenth I'm better than you mm-hmm. when the reality is like if I could get ninth the tour of California and you got seventh like that looks the same to a world tour team except like I have a blog and 15,000 Twitter followers and like, I'm going to get signed for that. Like it's the same job that you would do with that ranking. And, and it does like it, it, it eventually is that, that will put you over the edge with somebody else. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a part of the job that like a lot of people kind of uh, neglect. Unfortunately, like it's, it's worth doing and it kind of like will get you somewhere. Yeah. And I mean like bike racing has a shelf life, whether it's injury or aging out or whatever. And if you haven't established any kind of relationships or following or anything like. Right. Yeah. That's, that's horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Like what are you going to do? Maybe we're like working in your local bike shop. Right. No, I I was, I was racing as a pro like full time. This was all I really tried to do for 10 years. That was like my main thing. And if it wasn't for all the side stuff, I would have finished with nothing. Mm -hmm. Like honestly, it'd be nothing. Like I had just from the relationships and the friends and, but now it's like, I have, I have a house, I have a couple books, like I had a business, it was all, I know things. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. You can function yeah. as like an it adult been, human I, being. I, it, I, it's scary to think what would have happened otherwise what I'd be doing right now. Yeah. Um, and you also have your, your Fondo in October. Mm-hmm. So what is it like running an event from the other side? Um, Do you hate bike racers now? Well, it's not racing, so no. Um, I put on races when I was in college. I, I coached the team at the University of Florida, and uh, and so I put on that race a couple times. Okay. So it's like a club thing, so you're supposed to let the students do it, which means like, well, when I was a student, I was like an officer in the cycling club, and I screwed everything up, and then the coach would kind of bail us out, and then I was the coach, and I'd be the only person who knew all the city officials and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I sort of like had a sense of the event um, and... So it's not that bad. And then putting on the Fondo was, it was a shocking amount of work and money and all that stuff. Um, but it was kind of, it, at the end, there was this, 
like it went really well, which helped. <laughs> like yeah. if it had gone badly, <laughs> if it had rained, or like if the cookies hadn't gone well. Um, but there were a lot of things that kind of like aligned and it and it worked out. And it was the fondo happened like five days after I realized I was going to retire, so it was like an emotional time too. Um, but at the end of all that, like there were like 900 people showed up and honestly, like I didn't get any complaints. Nice. Like, and I was waiting for that because of course, like that one I was just, guy. I just figured there'd be like an inbox full of like, Hey, can you do this? You know, or this, you know, you were out of gluten-free something like I was waiting for that and it, yep. and it didn't happen. And there was just so much like, Hey, thanks. I had a really great day. Aww. And when you multiply that times like hundreds of people, it's that's really awesome. like, I gave everybody a really good day. And that's kind of the best thing you can do. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was it was super rewarding, and 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 of course a bunch of ideas on little ways to improve it and and grow it. And I think like the community here totally deserves like a mass cycling event, like mm-hmm. a Levi's Grand Fondo scale. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I want I want ten thousand people someday, and like LA deserves it. And, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I remember when I was helping with collegiate stuff when I was an officer in the club, uh, going out at like 11 p.m. to like fill in potholes with like sure. asphalt yeah, from the normal. department. Yeah. 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 Like normal people do. Just like trying to like <laughs> hope like security doesn't see you fixing the road right. before the crit. <laughs> we had uh, we had a so we had a time trial day one and then a criterium day two. And we had somebody, I forget how exactly, but the porta potty rental like we thought they were going to move them from the first venue to the second venue and they they did not no i remember what happened they moved them for us but then they they wanted to pick it up from the individual spot or from the first spot that doesn't make any sense whatever happened we had to <laughs> lift we had to lift porta potties into my friend uh, Phil Bailey's giant pickup truck oh no we had to it was two at a time and drive them across town and i mean they were full of shit yeah like um and we're just it was just like four dudes <laughs> oh my like, god <laughs> Were you wearing like hazmat? Like I would have at least felt like a raincoat or something. Like no, it's just you do what you do. Yeah, getting uh, getting saddle sores. Oh, brutal! It's college. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Okay, with the fondo, with all of your projects, and I want to get into the the worst retirement ever in a second. How do you choose the partners that you're going to work with for all of these? That's a lesson that I learned um, probably like from the clothing business. I got lucky with a partner there, but kind of like the way. So when I when I had the clothing business when it first started the problem was so I'm I'm coaching the collegiate team and we would do the clothing order with whatever brands and every year we'd switch brands because like back then there wasn't like an online system it was like you had to get and I'm not going to name the brand but it was all of them like no one like just cycling as always they're 5 years behind yep. every other business and I remember like we had I organized the clothing order so I would get checks from every rider and then I put them into my personal bank account because you can't have like a school bank account that yeah. wasn't allowed for whatever the sports clubs policies or if you did like there was too much red tape to use it so we just did it through our own account and now like I have $40,000 in my bank account that belongs to somebody else I write a giant check to the clothing company and then they would mail me like a truckload full of clothes that are unsorted and I have to like medium socks like go through this yeah. and it was like a week of my life that, and it just it was so antiquated and I just had a friend who was in like the business school and I was like, could you make a website that does this? <laughs> so we like did that and and then like we would source custom clothing from China and we probably had like the most efficient brand that no one had ever heard of and then <laughs> and it worked for a couple of years and then everyone else caught up and 
And so I guess the lesson that I learned was when everyone else caught up and now there's like a million clothing brands that like went to China and sourced fabrics and now it's easier. Like I was doing it when like Alibaba was a thing, but you had to, I probably ordered like a thousand samples one year yeah. and then I like had to fly there. Like now you don't have to fly there. Like I went to China with like a suitcase full of clothing and like made the patterns. Oh man. And I think now it's easier. So I guess what I learned, and then there was a point where like now I have a crappy clothing company that has no advantages to every other clothing company and we still didn't have like enough money to market it properly and it just comes down to marketing and branding eventually and so i realized then like okay there's this isn't anything that like i'm uniquely qualified for Mm -hmm. that this is like this and that was when i kind of shut that down i like sold half of it and we we ended it but it was like that like so so from there i sort of learned like okay what what's a business that i can do that nobody else can do like what's a book i can write nobody else can write yeah um, so like no one in the world tour either cares enough or will actually sit down and write a book themselves. Like they'll get a ghostwriter. So I can tell that story. Um, no one, no one like in LA could like has the breath to get like enough sponsors to put on like a giant Fondo and, and to like get the cash and to get the partners to get it together. Um, part of that was the M street kitchen guy. We can go full circle. I was sort of thinking about it and I ran into, uh, that was when I first got to know Jeff and he was like, oh, if you make a Fondo, I'll make the cookies. And I was like, you know, we're talking like 4,000 cookies. He's like, yeah. You know, sure, <laughs> like, sure. He has a bunch of restaurants. And it, yeah, it was, it was worth it for him from like a marketing. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I was like, okay, well, that's something that like no one else is going to make that connection. Now I have to put on a Fondo. There you um, go. What was the best cookie served at the Fondo? Well, so last year we just did chocolate chip because okay. uh, that's that's like my cookie. It was mm-hmm. sea salt chocolate chip. That's just my go-to, Ooh, yeah. obviously. Um, what else this year, is there? Yeah, I think this year we're going to like mix it up and we're going to have like like each stop will have a different cookie. Just like probably just more. There's more Instagram potential. It's more fun. And I'm just going to like prefer the chocolate chip stop. But, but then people can try. There's one he makes that like the best one has like. He'll make Rice Krispie treats and he'll like chop them up and then he'll press them like cubes of them into the top of the cookie Ooh. when it finishes baking. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of messed up. Now I'm it's really, diabolical. I feel if like... you follow him on Instagram, you're just like every day, just like, you ass. Like, you stop it. <laughs> just knock it off. Now I'm really sad I didn't yeah. know. Or happy because now I like feel like I'm like really like righteous right now. Yeah, like, you went for I a run today. It. You yeah. didn't have like a 700 calorie awesomeness. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, worst retirement ever. Mm-hmm. How did you come up with this? Um, this, yeah, that was another like accident. I guess the the other thing that I'm thinking of like starting stuff is sort of like responding to what people do or what they like. And so like last fall, I I finished racing and like I I so I, I sort of realized that like I was done professional cycling. Like I just wasn't getting an offer that was worth taking, and mm-hmm. it, it didn't. It, it wasn't working for me. Um, and I went, but I'm, I'm still like, I was fit. I'd been training, like thinking I was going to get a contract. And so I go on a group ride and, and I, I beat the record for this. There's like, there's a group ride every Sunday that races up Nichols Canyon in Hollywood. Um, and I took the Strava for it. And the guy who had the Strava before was who he tested positive masters nationals. Right. And then he was caught selling it. And then he had like every Strava in the city at that point. And, and I just like, I posted a screenshot on Instagram. I was like, Hey, look, I got nickels from that guy. And I didn't even really know like how much vitriol there was against him. That blew up. It was funny. And so the thing is like, 
so when you have social media, you can sort of see like, okay, I post a picture of my bike leaning against a fence, it gets 500 likes. If I post a picture of me with Gandhi, it would get two likes. But if I post a screenshot of me on top of a Strava KOM and that guy second, it would get 2,000. I was like, okay, people like this. I'm going to do more of that. Yeah. And I was like, I was paid through the end of the year. So I started doing that. I just like systematically went through and took a bunch of them. Um, and and then the then there's a point like, must have been December where Vodders called me and was like, and that was right after like, so there's the people are, there's a news story about me taking the Strava KOM. I don't even care. Like I was just kind of having fun. Like I liked it. Like my friends were stoked. Like my my friends in LA were sick of this guy at the top of the leaderboards and they couldn't beat him. They're like, yeah, Phil, get this one. And I would. And, um, so I like, I was just playing around. I'm, I'm a pro cyclist for two more months and I was getting paid with nothing to do. Um, and then Vodders called and was like, Hey, I have an idea where you, where we like have you back on the team, but you're not racing, but you have like, you're wearing the team kit and you go and you like get all these climbs and you just go for hill climb records all over the country. Um, and, and it was like, he was going to, we were gonna do that for a couple months. And I was like, it's a good idea, but like team sponsors and I have relationships I want to do with my Fondo and I didn't really have great experiences working with JV in my history. So it was kind of like, I'm just going to do that, but, <laughs> but it didn't make sense to do it with him anyway. Um, so, so, and I was, and I've been, I was trying to pitch this TV show. I still am. Um, so it was sort of like, I, I, I had an idea for this travel show about cycling and, and I go into these, like, like if you're, if you're in the world, so you can get one meeting. If somebody at a talent agency knows is a cyclist, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would do that and they'd all be like, okay, this is cool. Like, I like the idea but it's going to be hard to sell you as a host. And I'm like, that's valid because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Ouch. Um, well, it's just like, who am I, you know? Fair enough, um, but still, it's kind of harsh. They didn't say, like, because you're ugly. Um, that was implied. But so I was kind of like, all right, well, I could just... That's inaccurate. <laughs> but so it would make it would make a good... That would sort of add something to the whole Strava mission is, like, if I had someone filming it and if yeah. we were telling the story that way. Um, so that was kind of an obvious thing. And, and I was able to, like pretty short time like line up enough sponsors to kind of handle the expenses and, and make it worthwhile and mm-hmm. um so far yeah people are enjoying us one episode's posted but uh yeah it seems they like the idea yeah it seems crazy like strava versus like professional road racing it really feels like the strava stuff is like getting more play at this point it's Jeez, weird people are breaking the zwift record and i'm writing about that oh uh, yeah i haven't I'm even started zwift. down the zwift thing yet um yeah i don't know i think I think people there's things that people like about Strava that that they can identify with. Um, I think at first they thought it was funny that like a pro was actually trying because no one's really tried at Strava like mm-hmm. I was. No one's no one's put a 13 pound bike in a speed suit on to get Latigo before, but that's yeah. happening tomorrow. Um, but uh, so I think that's one angle of it, and then and then yeah, they get to compare themselves to it. That's that's definitely mm-hmm. part of it. Like people. People like want me to go to their climb that no race has ever gone up. They want to see like what I can do on Old La Honda in San Francisco because they've been doing it for ten years, and like I want to see how good I am compared to a pro. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. So Latigo is tomorrow. I'm, I'm trying to. I already got Latigo, but I think I could do better. I got like Latigo was one of the first ones I went for last year, and and now like it's been fun to see my power change. Um, it's. Because on paper I've gotten better. I know that I have no endurance anymore because I'm not. I'm riding like I cap it at four hours, and mm-hmm. I don't do. I don't ride hard like two days in a row anymore. But like 
all of my like all the benchmarks that the pros look at, like your five minute and your twenty minute and your one hour, all that's gone up. Like all of it. <laughs> but that's I know like awesome. but I know if I tried to do a five minute effort twice, I'm screwed. Yeah. And if I go over six hundred watts once, I have to sit down. <laughs> like but it, it's been really it's been really funny like post like I send text messages to my power files to my friends and they're like, dude, you gotta return. I'm like, no no, I'd get dropped immediately. Yeah. Like it's not gonna work that way. <laughs> It's just, it's totally different how fast you adapt to stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. So the the older you get, even when you were pro, have you had to start spending more time on like self-care and like the foam rolling thing no. and all that? No, I'm going to, I'm going to admit something that's, I'm not ashamed because I never got injured my whole career. Like I, I never had a whatever. Knock on wood, you're still going for these KOS. That's true. That's... This, this is when the injury happens. This is when I break a collarbone for the first time. Would be it's like going to be you doing On a Strata like... mission. Yeah. And, like... and that would serve me right. <laughs> Um, you're just gonna be like done with Latigo, so stoked and like turn to descend yeah. and just like immediately that's that's how it should happen that would be like the good ending to my worst retirement ever but um, oh my god I I really I like I never foam rolled I never stretched I like couldn't afford to get a massage <gasps> like if something was tight I'd like rub it but I don't know I think like people can get OCD with all that stuff and like I I, I guess that was always, like, the, the time that I would work on a business or something. I would just, like, take my mind off of cycling and, mm-hmm. and like, I'd write or whatever. And it, it wouldn't – I'm probably – I'm sure I'm lucky to an extent, but uh, I neglected all of that stuff. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll admit it and I lived through it and screw you guys. I don't know. There's a yoga mat on the floor. I, I like to do yoga, but yoga. that's that's dusty on there. Okay. Um, no, when I was racing, that's the actually that's the other the other part of the reason that I had that was I uh, I had like a very busy I, I was on Bissell and I signed to Garmin Sharp and I had like a crazy fall because I was from Georgia but I was kind of moving out here and I was just a lot of stuff was going on and I like like before that I'd fought it I'd been like trying to foam roll and I would try to get a massage and then there was a point where like I I couldn't I just it didn't happen for like three months and I went to training camp and and I was like you know, you get a massage every day at camp and I hadn't had one in forever. And I was like, Oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and, and I got on the table and, and, and she was like, Oh, you're really flexible. You've been doing your, your, your foam rolling and stretching. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like when you go to the dentist and like, right. Oh, you've been flossing every yeah, day. It's like, I've never flossed. And now you've enabled but, me to never floss. Exactly. But thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. So that's that was that was kind of part of that. That that was how I rationalized it. Now you just it, bring that around it, and just like put them. it out there. Yeah, yeah. Like they, I, I got away with it. Placebo effect. Just put a yoga mat in your living room. And yeah, it totally works. I like it. If it's there, I'm less likely to not do it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I might. I like to. I'll pull up like a, a 20 minute like YouTube yoga mm-hmm. video. Yeah. yeah. No, I do that every morning. I've got like my 10 minutes of like yoga stuff. Yeah, that's been my goal, and it happens once a week. And that thing sits there to make people think I'm serene. Yeah. I think I've actually done it like 350 days out of the year. Wow. Yeah. Like I got serious about it. Nice. A year ago. Now I added like, I just do like five minutes of planks first and then like five minutes of yoga. So I feel like a badass. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a huge change. I do, uh, Tara Stiles, who has Strala Yoga, has really good yoga videos. Okay. I do, uh, Yoga Amazing. Okay. That's my guy. His name's Chaz. I think he's like from Arkansas. (laughs) It's pretty funny. He sounds great. It's yeah. It's just he's he's endearing. It's not too hard. I don't know. I used to do uh, I used to do one that was called like I think power yoga where you actually hold five pound weights during it. Right. It is the dumbest thing. <laughs> like the guys that used to live with me would just like sit on the couch and just like 
watch me. Right. That's part of it is I do it at home. I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want to go to a class. A, like if you incorporate... First, if yoga costs $18 and you have to drive there and find right. parking, like I'm already pissed. And it's it's I'm sure I just do it wrong and it's close enough here. And someday I'll be able to do the crow pose. It's fine. But I, I face plant every time. I always try <laughs> and I always face plant. And you've got really long legs, so it might just be like a well, I just don't, There's sort also of like an situation. arm shoulder muscle yeah. <laughs> issue. I was trying to give you an excuse there, but No, I I know that yeah. I was I was doing the photos. We we're doing a photo shoot for the Fondo today. We we're like making our ads and stuff and I was like it was a giant jar of cookies that they were having me hold out and I was like you need to hurry up. <laughs> like, this isn't going to... Can we get the lighter jar? The, the like, clock come is on. ticking on, on this not falling on the floor. She, like, smash it at the end. Like, and we're clever. No, we did... Those cookies will not be eaten. We'll put it that way. They're okay. not going to be. And people will see why when they see it. But All right. it's pretty gross. I'm excited about this, and then. And a stomach ache. <laughs> so. Okay. How... I need some Strava tips here. How do I get QOMs? <laughs> um... I mean, I can, the thing is like, it's not fair for me to give tips because I start with the base of like, I was an uphill time trialist anyway. That was, yeah. that was the only thing I was ever good at <laughs> in racing. You're really good hill so climber. So like, A, like do all of the training for a million years and get way fitter than everybody else. And then like enter this little arena that no pro has ever competed in. That helps a lot. I um, think, I think you did just hit on a tip there though, which is like, know your strength. You're going yeah. after hill climbs. You were okay, an uphill yeah. tier. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. If you're... I don't know, like, if you're if you're a big person, like, don't go for the uphill ones. That's not going to last. Go for the flat ones. But then the flat ones, I don't know. To me, like, Strava, it wouldn't really work if it wasn't uphill because the flat ones, there's drafting. And yeah. then downhills, that's just a super dumb idea. Um, but, uh, no, I, like, I'm uniquely suited to Strava because the only thing that makes any sense is an uphill time trial. And, and that's the only thing I was ever good at. Um, but, uh, yeah, you pace it. Like, you, I don't know, I would set, like, a target time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would just know my body well enough to know, like, I'm gonna, if it's, if the current record is five minutes, and I would do this, I was doing this, like, at the San Dimas time trial back in the day, and that was kind of like, okay, the, the winner last year did it in 1420, I'm gonna pace to explode at 14 minutes, and then hopefully I'm not too far off and limping the last couple hundred meters, but, like, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I do that on the Stravas too, just like, if it's five minutes, I try to blow up at four and a half, mm-hmm. and, and hopefully I'm at the finish line at the end yeah. of Yeah. Now, every time you ride, I assume you don't go for Stravas. This no. This is like a selective... Right. That's the other thing is, yeah, people... I think this is just like an amateur athlete problem, but you can see it on Stravas. People just like, they think they're... They think like the determination thing is, okay, I missed it. I'm going to go back tomorrow and get it. Yeah. And it's like, no, if you like went all out for 20 minutes today, guarantee you're slower tomorrow. So like, that that was the other thing is I would, I would do on there is like, I would do... Like, I do, like, a proper taper. Mm-hmm. I do, like, as if I would race. for If it's a target Strava, you you take, like, I'll have, have a big week or something and then take a day off and a day easy and then a day, like, open your legs up, like a time trial, like you would. And, like, I don't know. I just had a coach for all this. Like, I know how to do it. It's not yeah. complicated. But you, you like, and you, and you go all in for it. And then, like, the next day you should probably be screwed. And, yeah. like, you can't just decide to go back and go faster magically. Like, your legs are going to be tired. Yeah. I'm going to throw one of the juniors that was staying with us in Oxnard under the bus Mm -hmm. and say he realized that uh, one of the other kids we were living with had, like, third place on Deer Creek. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. It's actually, like, my favorite climb in the area. I love it. The view is nuts. Yeah, The view is insane. Mm -hmm. It also just, like, hurts like a mother, but you're allowed to go 30 RPM, which is, like, my sweet spot. Right. (laughs) 
Right? And there's no traffic up there. That's a good one. Yeah, like, it's cars, cars are stupid to go on Deer Creek. Yeah, but so you realize it's the first day. So day two, he's like, I think I'm just going to I'm just gonna go like, hit Deer Creek. Like, mm-hmm. no, no big deal. Like trying to be like super chill, like casual right. about it. Like, right. And then the next day we're like, oh, what, what route are you going to do? He's like, oh, you know, like I think I might head out and do, do Deer Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks of this. Yeah. And we're like, dude, you... You He's going slower every time. Every time. <laughs> like, you're not going to get closer no. to it. No, like, people just, I mean, this is just for a training question, but, like, if, if you want to, like, if you have a goal, you have to, like, take it seriously and plan it out and, like, rest, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, you can't do, I, I don't, I wouldn't do, like, two days of Strava Caleb's. Maybe, like, actually, I would do, like, a short one as an opener. I'd do, like, a three-minute one mm-hmm. as... And that one, like, I wouldn't be at my best, but whatever, it's three minutes. And then the next day, like, now I'm now I'm hot for, yeah. for a long one. I like that. Yeah. Okay, talk about the bike, because I know so many people, oh. so many people are yeah, obsessed a, with it. It's fun. It's, um, I, I really, it's, it's been like a nice little feather in my cap that I retired and I upgraded bikes. <laughs> like, that's just, there's something hilarious about like, and I've, I've like, I have sponsors. <laughs> it's like really funny. Um... But yeah, my bike. You did it right, man. Not on purpose. Yeah, the the it's it's the worst retirement ever. I'm also bad at retiring. I wasn't good enough to race. I can't even do this right. I can't get anything (laughs) right. Um, But uh, so Cannondale makes like they make their high mod like super nice race bike. It's whatever. It was like 15 pounds. Like um, they have disc brake version. So I was kind of alternating those last year. But then they make the like high mod, uh, like the ultra high mod. It's called the Black Ink. Mm-hmm. which is like an even higher mod like I don't even know what but it's just a crazy expensive carbon and then like it like it comes stock with all this geeky stuff on it and then I got even geekier um with so the, I mean so it's it's down to 13 and a half pounds or something but it's kind of like it could be lighter like I could get it to 10 pounds but it wouldn't be faster like right. people people like bike dorks get confused about the goal of their bike and they just try to make it like win the scale but if you have super shallow wheels and like your seat is carbon fiber and you get hemorrhoids like you're screwed up so like i've got the seat i like i got the ism saddle it's heavy but like i i don't have problems down there yeah my my crotch is pristine and i've got like real deep tubular mavic wheels because like i don't know diablo like i'm going my big ring and all these kom things like you can't have shallow wheels so I have like functional speed. It's a super light bike. Um, the I, I cut off the aero bar or the the drops, which has been very controversial. Which is exactly what I wanted. Uh huh. <laughs> Everyone fell right into my trap of like You're I'm looking genius. at it. I'm like I'm like I'm gonna piss everybody off. I want to do something really obnoxious, and it 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 makes sense because like drops you use drops for going downhills, and I don't go downhills. I have a follow car, and I get in the I get in the car. It's yeah. cold at the top. I'm not bringing clothes. I have like a speed suit. And then I get in the car and get a ride down. So I don't like I don't need the drops to turn, and I have like the little aero bar clip-ons to get like a little faster on the flat bits. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a specialized machine and it's not really good for much else. How do you so, like the clip-on aero bars? I think I need to get a set. Um, the I got like the super stubby ones. I don't know how much I like them yet. I'll find out. Like Latigo is to test okay. them. That's why I'm going for Latigo tomorrow. Because um, I'm gonna need them. I, my next my next episode is Mount Lemon. And, like, average speed of that is over 20. So yeah. So that's moving. Um, so I, f- I feel like I'll be draped. But there were a lot of parts when I, I did Diablo, and I'm not going to not gonna say whether I got Diablo or not, but I was realizing, like, this is a very draftable climb. Yeah. And if, like, the Tour of California raced up it, it's going to be quite near impossible without a, 
without some assistance. So. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing uh, Ironman Whistler this summer, and okay. I refuse to get a tri bike. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just, yeah. Throwing, I'm just throwing arrow bars on my road bike. and. Yeah, you can that. fake it. Like, it's close. There's 2,000 meters of climbing on that course. Like, I... Okay. Yeah, that might even be faster on a road yeah. bike with bumps in. Yeah. And, like, more comfortable. And, I mean, as you've pointed out with the pristine crotch situation, mm-hmm. I'd rather not, yeah. like throw myself the, on a bike i haven't ridden a bunch the tt bike is like it's super fast if you if you put the time into it yeah like, tony martin probably rides his time trial bike more than his road bike that's that's a complete guess but like yeah i definitely would like you see those guys around Girona and like like rowan dennis on a tt bike a lot i have no interest in riding around on my tt bike no so. yeah i would i would just set up my tt bike to like the exact same position as my road bike like just is the same saddle if I mm-hmm. could, and then I get on it, and the power is about the same, and like, it worked. I was good enough. Yeah, it was fine. Um, on the topic of saddle sores, though, you went a lot of years as a pro. What were your secrets to avoiding them? Um, chamois butter was always very nice to me. They they would just even when they weren't sponsoring me, they would just like send me stuff. I just email the guy. Have you seen that they now have like the giant containers? They have the of big it? tub, which yeah. is nice. They have like the little individual ones. I love those. Too. Yeah, I'll just like throw them into the back of my car, like because you never want to be without it. So just like scatter them. I learned that actually <laughs> when I was on Jelly Belly, they send you like the sample bean bags, and everywhere you go, people ask for like a little jelly bean sample. Mm-hmm. So I just learned like just put two handfuls into every backpack, every suitcase, and I do that with yep. chamois butter now, little packets. Yeah, those so, things yeah, are amazing. If you're ever out, you're in trouble, but... Um, Chamois butter. Yeah. Have you stuck with the same saddle over the years, or do you change You're not it allowed. Like, the, you always have different sponsors. Um, so I, I kind of had, like, one saddle that worked for me, and then I would try to match... I would just, like... So say I was on Cell Italia one year, I'd be like, okay, next year I'm on Physique. Like, what's the Physique saddle that measures closest to the Cell Italia? Mm-hmm. And then I would do that, and it always, like, kind of worked... Um, and then when I was on Optum, they had the ISM saddles, which is the crazy one with like the two prongs. It looks like they have it on TT bikes more often, like yeah. triathletes are into it. Um, and that thing was like a giant pain when they made me use it. It was like really hard to get used to. And then once I like got it set up right, cause it's just night and day. It's so different. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is better. I like and, this. Yeah. And now like, so as soon as I got, like I kept one in my, in my garage. And as soon as I was like out of contract with, with the team, I just threw that one back on. Nice. Yeah, the the way this is this is slightly offensive, but the way that I know <laughs> that this saddle is better is if I finished if I finished like a long ride on like a regular saddle. So the ISM like you're sitting on your sit bones. That's the idea. You're sitting mm-hmm. on like the two prongs, and it's just a totally different way of sitting basically. Um, but I found like I could finish a ride on on my old saddle, and if I was gonna have sex, I'd need like half an hour. <laughs> But I, but ISM, I could stop and have sex in the feed zone if I needed to, if there was a reason. If you needed to, and, absolutely. And I don't urgent. know if that translates to any kind of performance, but like for blood flow, it just made sense. Like from from just noticing that, I was like, yeah, that's probably something I should stick to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I did a talk. I do lady part talks okay. all over the place, and uh, at one place. I had a woman say that she started riding and didn't want to have sex because her nether regions were just numb all of the time. Yeah. Now. And it had been like five years. Oh. I was like, okay, so that's that's wrong. Yeah, um, something's wrong. Like, you, like between the bike fit and the saddle and the way you're sitting, <laughs> like there's a like it. You need just need to get it right. It was, it was like the most like amazing thing to me to realize that some people just don't actually like connect that as like problematic. Right. So yeah, if it's like, well, she's probably just like, oh, I don't. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I, I'm surprised she kept riding. Yeah. 
But like 30 minutes, okay. Like right. if it's like a couple hours and you right. still like no. couldn't do it if your life depended on it, like problematic. Yeah, I would ha- I would have one bike right under my belt if that was how it went out. Yeah. I just, I'd never do it again. Over it. And it probably happens to a lot of people. They're just like, oh, it's uncomfortable my crotch. I don't ride bikes. Well, that's that's why I do these talks because yeah. I, I feel like I've I've now saved a few people from like giving up cycling altogether. Yeah, good. So we need you out like there. The Cape's Crusader right. for vaginal health on cycling. Cream packets I do. Yeah. I do. It's it's like a, yeah, like a concert when they have like the t-shirt bombs. It's mm-hmm. me with chamois cream. There you go. It's great. But you have people too that you see that like that their, their fits way off. Like they yeah. just they, they bought a bike and they just, well, like people the don't know how much old in the yeah. shop like set the seat height exactly. for them. And and it's kind of like like a quick tweak would you'd really enjoy this time. Exactly. Oh, guys are crazy. Hey guys, if you didn't know, in addition to doing this podcast, I'm also the author of a few different books on cycling, including Saddle Sore, Ride Comfortable, Ride Happy, which came out last November. So, if you were on a ride and you sprained your ankle, would you say something to the group you were riding with? Of course you would, but what about when you're on a ride and you realize that you've gone completely numb down there, or you're chafing so badly you're afraid you might be bleeding? Uh, most people don't speak up in that case. Most people will just suffer in silence and have no idea why they have massive saddle sores, uh, if they realize they have saddle sores at all, or they just won't ride that much anymore. So it doesn't matter whether you're a beginner or a pro, this stuff happens. It's awkward. We don't love talking about it, but that lack of communication is hurting our riding and it's making it so much less fun. So, enter Saddlesore, the first guide that answers all of these embarrassing, awkward, or plain weird questions that you have about the bike and those sensitive areas. In my book, you learn how to diagnose and treat saddle sores, how to choose a saddle and a chamois, whether a pad is better than a tampon, what causes numbness on the bike, how to get back to riding after pregnancy, and so much more. And you also find new chapters, including a section for male riders and a ton more questions than the original edition that came out in 2014. So pick up a new copy of the 2016 version over at consummateathlete.com backslash shop, where you can find more info on the book or the link to buy it over on Amazon. And we'll have it in the show notes as well. Give it a look. Okay, so if you weren't if you weren't gonna ride bikes anymore, which I mean, it seems like even in your retirement you are not stopping riding mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah, what what sport? I mean, will you try mountain bikes? Will you try I, I try mountain bikes, um, and I'm slow at it, but I'm getting better. Mountain bikes are fun. It's nice. Like I was up in Big Bear, and there's like a ton of really good trails there mm-hmm. that I'm gonna explore. I don't think I like. I don't think I'll race again. I don't really see myself competing. To be honest, on the road, like just the idea, of, like looking at a pack is still like it's. I have a weird visceral like reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, mount. I don't. I don't think I want to race mountain bikes either. But I think like it's a fun way to just cruise around. and yeah. it's, it's beautiful. Um, just being on the on the trails and stuff. I think it's good to have a sport that doesn't have to involve a start and finish line. Yeah, yeah. And there's like there's if I want to be competitive, like Strava exists, yeah. and there's group rides that exist. And I imagine at some point I'll get slow enough that that'll be shameful. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not good at other sports and I like, I don't know. I don't like them. You never, you have like no interest in like running or hiking or triathlon. I like hiking. Like... Hiking. I don't even see that as a sport so yeah, much. It's like, it's like a nice way to spend I just throw Sunday. that one out there yeah, so yeah. I can like make you say if, that you're going to do something. If anyone something. is anti-hiking, they're insane. I know. Um, no, like hiking and I actually like, I like working out at the gym. I think like if I didn't have time to ride, um, I like that you can go to the gym and like. 
you can get a lot of work done pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of an efficient workout thing. Do you ever but, jump into uh, like a spin class? No, that's been on my list, but I'm pretty sure I'd hate it. It's awful, but it's yeah. actually really interesting as a cyclist. Yeah, I'm sure it's super different. It's really it's, weird. Yeah. Um, and I also, I think it would really piss me off. A, like, I live in LA. It's beautiful outside all the time. I That's, that's one reason, like, people people run on treadmills in this city, and I, I, I want to kill them. It's yeah. so perplexing to me. It's, there's go, go if you can if you can ride on a spin bike if you can ride on a trainer like go live in in Baltimore. Yeah. Like go go somewhere where it's cheaper and yeah. But if you live here, like enjoy it. Get, get some vitamin D, man. It's insane. Like I'll run past gyms and see people in the window. window yeah, and it's just like you should just lock all those up, everybody. <laughs> I'm totally on board. I really want to... I keep telling Peter we need to get a treadmill desk, and that I'm on board with, because I would love to be able to <laughs> oh, walk, like, while I That work. makes sense. Yeah, that's different. Because I do a lot of walking, like, mm-hmm. while I do phone calls and crap like that, but I have been known to, like, walk into things, because I'm, like, mm-hmm. you know, emailing. Yeah, that works. But, yeah, so treadmill desk is my next thing. But that, that doesn't count. That's no, a, that's yeah. efficiency, yeah. That's efficiency. There's, I've heard about, uh, there's the standing desks, yeah. and then you could stand on a skateboard, Yes. And you get like a core workout. Yeah. Yeah. I've I'll def- be in desk life soon. I'll be, I'll have to figure That's that stuff right. out. That's yeah. right. Are you excited? When is that starting? I don't know. We're, we're working on it and I'm not in a huge rush cause I'm having, I'm having fun. Yeah. Um, you've but, got enough on the go, but well, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't start doing something that makes it's a little more meaningful than Strava soon. Um, no offense. But, uh, Sorry, Strava. Yeah, no, like it's like I'm I'm planning the Fondo, and I have yeah. and I have, uh, I have one book that's done and comes out in October, and then one that's out now. So it's kind of like I'm busy enough, but uh, but at some point, like I, yeah, I'll, I'll start that, um, and that's gonna be fun. That'll be like a fun next yeah. chapter. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, even like for me, the last four weeks, I haven't had anything other than my normal full-time writing mm-hmm. jobs and the new book coming out and the book that came out in November and all this stuff. But I'm still going a little stir-crazy not having any, like, on the calendar, like, yeah. work stuff. Like, when I'm with Jeremy yeah. and we're flying all over the place, like, I have a full right. schedule. And in two weeks, <laughs> that'll start back up. Like, not for him, but other stuff will start sure. back up. And I'm, like, kind of excited. I'm also kind of like, ah, crap. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Right. I, I I'm sure I'll have is, that mixed, too, when I'm really actually nice. at the desk. I'll be like, man... Riding was good, but yeah. I guess for me, it's kind of like, I know that I'm only going to get slower on the bike. Like I'm not going to do, I'm not, I, I don't see myself doing a second season of worst retirement ever on YouTube. How like, many retirements can you? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. Like, and, and, and I think like I'm done with books. Like I don't want any more books to happen to me. So like the things that I'm working on are kind of like, they're finite and I want to work on something that will grow. Yeah. So like everything I'm doing now is is like the fondo will grow, but everything else is kind of like winding down, and it's like healthy to let that happen. Yeah. But uh, but I want to like do something that I can start climbing a ladder again. I'm gonna be really interested to see like in two years how you're feeling about that. Yeah. So it's gonna be really hard, I think, to give up all of the different projects and be focusing on like. But uh, yeah, the stuff you're gonna do. Is I think yeah, so I'll be in an agency like... that has like different projects all the time, yeah. and yeah, I think I've I've convinced myself it's gonna be good, and I truly believe that. Um, and like no, I, I think it'll be awesome. I'm working with I know and like so yeah mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I, I mean there is a desk I yeah. bought I bought a shirt with a I bought a polo shirt I've never I Whoa. never had to wear a polo shirt <laughs> I bought a couple of them I made it to 31 without a, a collar oh man other than weddings mm-hmm. so that's that's a pretty good streak too that's a streak that had to end 
Were they like fancy like Rafa Merino polo shirts? No, no, I just got some like, I don't know. Like what? They're just passable polo shirts. Okay. I'm not. I'm not wasting money on that stuff. Fair enough. <laughs> I will wear. I will be the person in the office with a polo shirt and cookie socks. Like that's mine. Like there, it's under my pants. They, nobody knows. <laughs> but this is this is me. It's like wearing like sexy underwear. Yeah, you can under put your me in a desk. Suit. Exactly. You can put me in a desk, but <laughs> you can't take that away from me. I have cookies on my socks, and I know that. Yeah, that's true. It's a really strong stance. I don't there. have any sexy underwear, so. Well, oh, maybe that's do. the next chapter. <laughs> okay, yeah, listen, we'll think about it. Cookie underwear could be a thing. Yeah, you could get Castelli on board with that. No I'm problem. I'm going to list. I'm good at cookie underwear. All right, but I get I get first dibs. <laughs> what? Like the cookie underwear. I oh, when I you, sell them. Yeah. I just thought I was going to buy some and wear them. I was just gonna no, you've got to make that. these. Okay, I, I'm going to monetize it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, fair enough. I'll think about it. Come on. Okay, last, last question here. Important. People who have already read your books, already ordered Ask a Pro, any other book recommendations for people? Like, what are some of the books, like, inspired you and that you love? And they don't have to be um, cycling either. Sure. No, they wouldn't. I don't know. I kind of, like, made a point to not read any cycling books because I didn't want to, like, rip anybody off accidentally. That's or, really like, smart. take myself. Um, what else? I didn't... Honestly, like, when... The, the way my, like... The, the thing is, my writing isn't even creative because I'm just, like telling a story that happened to me like I don't actually know what creative writing is but it's a but even my level was enough that it was like creatively difficult and and like I would do the like the the tortured artist thing where I'm up in the middle of the night like pulling my hair out over a sentence yeah. and like wake up like I'd wake up at 4 a.m and be like I have to change this word in this sentence and I'd like go and it's like I actually changed that yesterday yeah, is it ever actually like better when you come up with the four It is, like, it's crucial, and it, like, t- in, in my head, like, it's super, so, like, now I, I finish the proofs with, with my, with my publisher for the next one, and, like, I'll be on a ride, and I'm like, oh, I gotta change that sentence, so I gotta, like, email Patrick, be like, yo, one sentence, here's a whole new document, but one crucial sentence is, Very important. <laughs> and, like, it'll bother me if it's not. When you're on a um, ride and you get those ideas, do you pull out your phone and, like, make notes, no, or how do that's, you do? No, that's a tip. I have a voice recorder. One of the, it's like a little Olympus, like forty bucks, and you just talk into it. So like that lives in a separate pocket. I love that. Yeah. I I got that'll work for groceries too. That's so smart. So I actually, I mean, I got the Apple Watch for like other mm-hmm. reasons, but my like my main thing was that I could do that during rides. Right. But the problem is, as soon as you like try to like. You have to like hold this wrist up and hit a right. button, so you have to ride no hands because it won't turn on if you just try to hit it from yeah. down here. Yeah. But once you're going through like the menus on your iPhone with the voice memos and stuff, like if you just have yeah. one, if you're gonna do that, like just have one thing. And I, I think like it's useful for, for, for anything. Like if no, you're, even I love if you're not that. writing. Um, I think that's genius. Yeah, I finish my ride and just like type, just listen to myself and, and type it into something. Mm-hmm. One time, actually, I was at Perry Roubaix this year. And, um, and at that point I knew I was writing a third book, um, like about my world tour years and I was kind of like taking notes for it. So I have a little voice recorder and it fell out of my jacket at the team presentation and like a couple of the guys on the team like saw it and thought I was like spying on them and, <laughs> oh, no. and actually were pissed. And to this day, like I, I didn't give a shit what they thought anyway, but like it wasn't even on yeah but they thought i was like recording their conversation about i don't know what it was fun i was like yeah i guess it serves me right for like trying to write a book and be on a bike team oh that's fine yeah. i'm just imagining it like you just like in the peloton during the race just like <laughs> i there were a lot of times that i wished that i'd had it because like something funny happened in the race like, I, I hope i don't forget this but no i never i never stooped to that <laughs> that's awesome 
Oh, man. You have, like, a mini media empire, I'm realizing. I actually made that note. And if you could have an empire and it not be lucrative, then yes. Really mini. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's mini, minuscule. Yeah. Um, when you when you first got into cycling as the chubby kid, did you ever imagine that this was going to be where it led oh, to? No. Well, where I don't even know where I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I never, I don't know. I never, like, thought beyond the next step, which is probably why I have, like, a very scattered resume and maybe that was a mistake i remember like jeremy actually talking to me about that once of like goal setting and he was like what's your what's your like long-term career goal and i was like i've been shoveling coal in this engine and trying to go like another foot forever (laughs) and i don't even know like what where i have no clue yeah um and i i never like had the luxury of that or the ability to um, yeah, he did that to me like right before Worlds, before yeah. his race. It's just like, what's your five-year plan? It's like, oh my God, can we focus on the next 10 minutes, please? <laughs> Jeremy just want to talk about anything except the World Championships. Like, hey, I'm, sure. I'm freaked out enough like about right. his race and oh, being God. like, I don't want to start thinking about five years now. Right. Jeremy's an interesting brain. I think that's why we get along too, <laughs> is we, we both like, we have a similar kind of OCD. And, yes. And, yeah. Yeah, he's the best. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting. This was, sure. This no, it's fun. Rad. Thanks for sitting in traffic to make it happen. <laughs> no problem. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, you can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.